Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, um, why? <laughs> you know why, Ashish. I know why. Our number two. <laughs> Our number two here on the I Sports Blast. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, I didn't either. <laughs> Our number two here I on went the to sp- the other room and I thought of coming in here being like, guys, I did something. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know what that little you'll, something was. You'll find out soon. It's great pre-production. Our number part. two here on the Sports Blast ESPN. Your <laughs> I can't. I can't. Don't, don't you miss this guy? Even just a little bit? Bobby? Bobby V. Bobby V. Our number two here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com, taking you up till 2 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, We're going to switch gears. We spent the entire first hour talking about uh, the Celtics as we get them ready for Game 7 on Monday night. I want to get into this topic. David Ortiz has a new book coming out called Poppy, My Story. Mark's not really a fan. Mark's, Mark's not really a fan, by the way, of the title of the book. No, I despise the name of the book. It... It's boring. Poppy, my story? (laughs) It seems a little lazy. It's like, Mark, my story. (laughs) Yeah. Dave, your story. I love love Michael Hawley, but he's never really, you know, been creative creative with the names, you know? Yeah. I think he has another book that I uh, read a while ago, uh, Belichick and Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Great book, though. Great Great. book. Wonder what that book's (laughs) book's about. No, fantastic book, fantastic writer. Love him as a radio host as well. Uh, on WEI in Boston, but at the end of the day, the titles of the books are very direct. Also, also War Room, War Room, excellent book, love War Room. But uh, the purpose of this segment here is to just talk about the fact that David Ortiz chose to uh, rip a certain someone, and then uh, that's why we were having that uh, little music there in the beginning. Uh, he decided to rip his former manager, Bobby Valentine, who was mm. responsible for that disaster of a season in 2012. Ortiz can just join the club. Who hasn't ripped on Bobby Valentine? One of the worst managers in the history of the Red Sox. Just unbelievable. Comes in, spends one year here, and basically just ruins the team. That's one of those things where like, you look back on Red Sox history when you're talking to your kids. It's like, why? Daddy, what happened here right before they won the World Series in 2013? There was a 2012 season. What... What was that? I Son, don't we, don't, we don't talk about that. Well, here's the thing. We kind of want, in some, <laughs> ways, in some ways, I kind of want to thank Bobby Valentine for that crap fest of a season because it made 2013 all the more epic. It's just like, look at that epic turnaround true, from 69 true. wins, yeah. you know, to the Boston Strong team. It, you know, so in a way, it kind of worked out. But in this new book, Poppy, My Story, co-written by <laughs> Michael Hawley, I'm just going to keep saying that. Title. Uh, so Sports Illustrated uh, released uh, a couple excerpts here. I'll read one of them. This is... Um, uh, from the book, Poppy writes, The drama began almost immediately in spring training. I remember fighting the thought very early. We're going to have an absolutely terrible year. It was all about him in the <laughs> spring. It was as if he wanted to prove how smart he was by running us through all these drills he'd used while managing in Japan. Drills we'd never done before. Bobby was in his own bubble, and I just wanted him to, wanted to get him out of it and tell him, F you. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much what everyone wanted to say to Bobby Valentine. That's pretty on target. 
It, it really is. You know, the funny thing is, uh, I was telling you about this, Mark. Uh, if Shortly after Bobby Valentine was hired by the Red Sox, it was either at the very end of 2011 yeah, I remember. or at the beginning of 2012. I can't remember. It was somewhere like December, January of that crossover between the two years. Yeah, was that I was, game, I was right? at a Celtics game, yeah. And I'm not, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wasn't very high on the on the hire. I'd never liked Bobby Valentine, even going back to his days with the Mets when he pulled that stunt where he got ejected from a game and then came back with like a fake mustache and sat in the dugout. So I'd never been a fan of him. I always thought that he was sort of a clown. But but when I was at the yeah. Celtics game, they put him. You know, he was there. He was at the game. Okay. And they put him on the jumbotron, and everyone kind of gave him a standing ovation because they thought, okay, this is the guy that's gonna you know whip this team into shape. They just had the uh, chicken and beer tw- uh, uh, collapse in uh, September. September of 2011, yeah. this is the guy that's going to get it done for us, and everyone gave him a standing ovation, and in that moment, I was like, you know what? You got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. I was like, you know what? I think this uh. guy's going to do it. I think he's going to turn it around. Maybe I'm not giving him a fair shake. You got goosebumps for Valentine? <laughs> Flash forward. Oh, my Four or five goodness. months. And I'm like, yeah, no, that I was I was way off on that one. I should have trusted my gut from the very beginning. I should have never trusted that this guy yeah. can do anything remotely capable of what Terry Francona did it in was his a- years with the Red Sox. Valentine was a... Take it all in. Valentine was an unlikable guy. I mean, he was a mainstream guy from ESPN. He was all about himself. The only reason why he wanted to come to the Red Sox is make his name known. So he's back at MLB baseball. I don't think he really saw a future with the Red Sox. And I don't think the Red Sox really saw a future with him. There's a reason he's been fired like a billion times. There's a reason he went to Japan. Yeah. The guy's a clown. Yeah, he's everywhere. I mean, like, like, honestly, the epitome of what Bobby Valentine is as a manager is when he was with the Mets, he got ejected from a game, yeah. goes into the clubhouse, gets sunglasses and a fake mustache, puts that crap on, and comes back out to the dugout. It's like, dude, you're not fooling anyone. We know that's you. And that's the epitome of what Bobby Valentine is as a manager. And even in the book, David Ortiz talks about uh, a moment where they were doing some pop-up drills and Bobby Valentine didn't want the infielders calling for the ball. I mean, this is baseball 101. <laughs> what do you say? I got it, I got it, I got it. Mine. Bobby was like, no, no, no. We see in the noisy stadium, that doesn't work, so I don't want you guys doing that. In the book, Poppy basically talks about an incident where Mike Aviles yells, I got it, then gets chewed out by, by Bobby Valentine <laughs> and gets humiliated in front of the entire team in spring training. So what happens? Poppy, Dustin Pedroia, and Adrian Gonzalez go into his office after that, and they end up confronting him. And what he ends up doing is rolling his eyes, looking elsewhere, looking everywhere but at, uh, except for at these three guys who are supposedly the leaders of the clubhouse. These guys walk out of the office, and they're like, what the hell was the point of that? Like, this is just... That's Bobby Valentine for you, man. That's Bobby Valentine. <laughs> and it's just... I he invented mean, the burrito, though. He, he The wrap. The wrap. Oh, he invented uh, the wrap. Oh, oh yes, yes. Yeah. That, that's, he invented that's the wrap. That's one of the things that he's famous Which for. Which is a burrito. So he invented the burrito, too, Well, right? a burrito would be a Mexican wrap. He right. just... He invented the But if he invented the wrap, he invented the burrito. <laughs> think of that. Wow. Think, and that's probably what he's most... <laughs> Can we make that the buzzer? (laughs) We'll have to. (laughs) It's so good. This is ridiculous. What else did he claim to uh, invent? Didn't he claim to invent like some type of music? Did he? I don't Um, know about that. I I I don't know. I feel like he's the kind of guy that's like uh, he'll own up to everything. uh, Like like Trump did earlier this week uh, when he said to the Economist, "I invented the phrase uh, prime the pump.'" He said that to the Economist. (laughs) By the way. Like, that's Bobby V. He's yeah. like, oh, oh, what are you eating over there? Oh, is that a wrap? 
I invented that. You know, I invented that. Yeah. yeah. Way back in the day, I, I was like, you know what, sandwich? I don't know. I'm not feeling a sandwich right now. And then I see this flour tortilla over here. Yeah, he, he's not To my right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what if I just take <laughs> all the turkey and mayo and lettuce and tomatoes and I just wrap it in this tortilla? Ooh. No one had ever thought of that before. Wow. You know, the thing is, Bobby <laughs> Valentine was so bad. And we knew we knew that John Farrell was a bad in-game manager even when he was with the Toronto Blue Jays. But when he came in 2013, everyone was like, hallelujah, John Farrell, baby. Come over here. That's what Bobby Valentine did to us is our standards got so damn low that John Farrell made us all <laughs> excited. And we forgot how bad he was oh, so as true. an in-game manager in Toronto. So true. And Bobby Valentine, man, like, I know this has nothing to do with his managing, but just the way he talked just pissed me off. Like, he's like, well, you know, we just kind of went out. It was kind of like David Price's voice. You know, he kind of had that, like, sing-songy voice, and he'd be like, well, you know, we went out there and we played, and we just didn't get it done today. Yeah. yeah. I'm Bobby Valentine. <laughs> What's know? going on, everybody? Yeah, you know? And, he's and literally the, Bozo the Clown. Li- yeah, he literally. Really is. He's actually a clown. You know, there was this incident one time. I think he was on his bike on an off day or maybe the day before, um, you know, a night game or something like that. The point is, he was on his bike. Was on there Memor- a video on- of this? I don't think there was video of this, no. but this supposedly happened. He was biking on Memorial Drive in Cambridge, yeah. and he answered his phone and was just trying to send a text while he was on his bike, <laughs> and he crashed. <laughs> Hit a parked like car. That. <laughs> what the? How do you do that? <laughs> Did he hit a parked car? I don't know, but I remember oh, reading the story. And yeah. normally, your first instinct when you read about your manager yeah. getting involved in something like that, you're like, oh no, I hope he's okay. I don't My care first instinct was, oh, I, I mean, I hope he's not hurt, but I no. laughed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to, though. The, the guy was a clown from the get go, though. I mean, they had sit-down meetings like Pedroia and Poppy wanted. Players-only like, meetings too. Yeah, and, and Poppy and um, uh, Pedroia wanted to approach Valentine to let them know, like, you know, what type of organization is. This is our team. This is how things should be ran. Because when Terry Francona was here, that's kind of what it was like before that chicken and bear incident. So I, I think you know the players were more frustrated because there was a disconnect. There was a mixed message from Valentine, and Valentine had his own way about going right. going about things. When, in, in in respect, you know, the players had the right to do that. Actually, I, I, I pulled up the uh, article here. I was wrong. It wasn't Memorial Drive. It was actually Central Park in New York when this bike crash happened. And here's the best part. Here's the headline from CBS Boston. Bobby Valentine crashes bike while reading text message from Dustin Pedroia. Irony. You probably saw like, oh crap! What does this guy want now? Yeah. He's been up my ass all year, and now, <laughs> whoa! Look at me, Bob. Take a picture. Seriously, I'm dead. <laughs> all he's missing is that big red nose. <laughs> oh my god! Like, hey, Bobby Valentine. As much as we, it's kind of like it's kind of like how we view George Bush now. You know, yeah. at the time, a lot of anti-Bush people, yeah, like, oh crap! You know, George Bush is our president. Is. But no, no, no. But the thing is, now anti-Bush people look back on him in a weirdly fond way. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like, oh, it was well, kind of. Yes. It was kind of. So in in a weird <laughs> way, it, I look may, back. Current president. May, not not that I want. <laughs> Get all political or anything, but uh, I mean, pretty much any George Bushisms would be just fine right about right. now. Compa- so, and so that's Bobby Valentine. It's kind of like that with <laughs> us. It's like we hated Bobby Valentine at the time, but now in a weird way, I look back at 2012 in sort of this weirdly fond way of no, Bobby no, Valentine. No. See, it, it, what you said at the beginning was you, Bobby Valentine. You, you hated him so much, and he was such a clown 
that the next guy, John Farrell, who sucks, you're like, oh, at yes. least it's not Bobby <laughs> Valentine. Wow, this is worlds better. Even though Farrell sucks, yeah. you're yeah. like, thank God, no more Bobby Valentine. Because even when Farrell was in Toronto, we'd say, like, Average. oh, he screwed this up, he screwed yeah. that up, he's, you know, managing this team to nowhere. Yeah. When he came in, we were like, thank God, thank the Lord. Oh, well, I can see him, like, making that clown laugh as he falls off his bike, too. Like, oh, I got a text message. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but, but the reason why people are excited about Farrell is because they had the, the tie with um, Terry Francona because he was a pitching manager with them. So I, I think it kind of gave them a little light to it saying, hey, we actually have, like, a, a Red Sox-born manager now right. back into the system where valentine really was mainstream and just came out of nowhere yeah the it was th- a, a choice of the owners no the thing is like at the time when john farrell came aboard to manage the red sox in 2013 it wasn't even about hey this is a guy that can manage a baseball team it no. was this is a guy that's not a clown that True. was that was it. Like True. this is a guy that may or may not be the best baseball mind when it comes to managing in the game. He definitely but this isn't. is not a guy that's going to unnecessarily create drama because I mean, the he gets there and all of a sudden in the first 2 weeks of spring training, he makes that comment about, well, you know, Kevin Euclid, I just don't think his head's in it. And then Dustin Pedroia comes out and he's like, I don't know what Bobby's trying to do, but that's not how we do things around here and he's going to learn that pretty soon. So right off the bat, he's creating drama where there shouldn't be. Then there was that incident mark I was telling you about when um Will Miller Brooks was struggling in 2012. Comes back to the dugout, and Bobby Valentine sort of makes the snide, sarcastic remark, like, hey, nice going, kid. And that messes with Will Middlebrook's confidence the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, but, like, yeah, he, this guy just doesn't know how to in interact with people. No, he did. But my point is, no one, and I mean no one on this team, liked Bobby Valentine. No. Not a single person. The owners did. The owners definitely did. The owners chose him. <laughs> they chose him. Sherrington did not choose him. No, Sher- No, he was not Sherrington's guy. No. It was Henry, Lucchino, and Werner. Those yeah. were the three guys that chose Bobby Valentine. Yeah, they loved him. Sherrington didn't want him. They were- Sherrington didn't, but Lucchino did. Yeah, he, 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 was he overrode guy. everyone, and he realized after everyone had already realized this guy was a total clown, that he was, in fact... A total clown. I mean, you can just keep listing the different moments where it was just hilarity into a point where it's getting sad. Uh, there was another moment that year where Bobby Valentine is in a press conference, post-game press conference. Oh, yeah, this is great. And his phone rings. Yep. His phone goes off. I remember this. I remember watching this press conference. Bobby Valentine answers the phone, and he's like, Hey, Bobby, I can't talk right now. I'm in a press conference. I'll call you later. <laughs> he answers the phone. His son's name is Bobby. Oh, I was going to say third person. <laughs> like, and then he just looks at the reporters, and he's just like, my son. <laughs> it's like, dude, dude, come on, man. You're the manager of the Boston freaking Red Sox and your phone goes off in a press conference. What the hell's wrong with See, you? See, that's the least of my worries. Um, I, I just, I don't like the fact that he was talking smack about his own players. Um, there was a disconnect right away. You know, him calling Euclid out. I felt like that was the, the Valentine of ESPN giving his analysis on Euclid to say he was overrated and that he wasn't as good as people think he is. Um, so I think there's a lot to it. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I have no idea why he was the way he was. But it, it just didn't resonate with the Red Sox. It really didn't. He lasted one year. There's a reason for it. He was a poor manager and a poor leader. I, I feel like when you bring in a manager, he has to step up the right way, and he, he just didn't. It was offensive and lame, so double offensive. Yeah. So I, I mean, he was one of the worst in Red Sox history, right? I mean, and now... 
uh, this book just sort of validates that, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, Poppy, my because you're gonna listen to Poppy. You're gonna listen to that guy. Oh, of course, you're gonna take it. If it take him for what he's uh, for what he's worth. There, he's one of the greatest DHs, maybe the greatest DH, maybe the best Red Sox player in the history of the franchise, coming out. And particularly ripping on one guy. He only had, what, four coaches over the course of his career? Terry Francona, Bobby Valentine, and uh, John Farrell. Didn't he start when Grady oh, Little? Oh, Grady Little. Grady, Grady Little, Little in 03. That's yeah. right. I forgot about Grady Little. So, no, yeah. no uh, he wasn't throwing any salt on Grady Little or Francona or even John Farrell. And, and Tori yeah. Lovello. And I, told, I actually told, this, Lovello, to Bri- yeah. I told this to Brian once on the air when we were on the show. I said Bobby Valentine made Grady Little look like a good manager. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and look. For Ortiz, uh, we know he's outspoken, but I mean, he didn't have to rip on Bobby Valentine. He wanted to. He felt like doing it. Yeah. He well, wanted I mean, to. You're writing a book about your entire career. There has to be at least a chapter devoted to Bobby Valentine. I don't know how long uh, his, you know, I don't know how many chapters or how many pages he devotes to Bobby Valentine, but you've got to touch on it. Yeah. Michael Holly, David Ortiz, come up with a better title. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's still stuck on it. Quickly Poppy, before, my story. I know we got to really? go to break, but you guys remember? You guys remember that one other incident where Bobby Valentine comes out to argue with? I think it might have been the first base umpire, and the guy, like the umpire, spits gum onto Bobby Valentine's oh, chest yeah, by accident, yeah, yeah. and then Bobby Valentine kind of like starts laughing, but then he gets serious again because he's like, "No, I'm mad at you. I can't laugh." <laughs> <laughs> it was like that Lou Pinella commercial. Yeah, with yeah. The, was it? Uh, it was like a Dasani commercial yes. or Aquafina, where it's like you got to throw me out of this game. Yeah. The guy was just a clown from beginning to end, couldn't be taken seriously, and now it's just one of those things we're going to look back on in a weirdly fond way of Bobby Valentine. It's yeah. just That's the way it's going to be from now on. Yeah, he's, so. a, he's a clown. He will always be <laughs> our Valentine. I look forward to uh, reading this book. I think it comes out, I don't know, like next week, two weeks from now. I have no idea when this book comes out, but it's coming out soon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Michael Hawley with David Ortiz, Poppy, my story. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> What an awful title. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Tom Brady, who was selected to grace the cover of Madden 18. We all know the Madden curse, so I think the only person in this room who's mildly excited about this is probably Mark. Yeah! <laughs> we'll get into that next here on the Sports Blast, ESP New Hampshire. Hi everyone, I'm meteorologist Mark Rosenthal, and my weather forecast today is being brought to you by Stratum Tire. Spring has finally arrived, so now's the time to come on into a Stratum Tire location near you and take advantage of their spring pothole specials. 20% off spring tire changeovers and alignments, half-off state inspections, deeply discounted oil chain specials, tires in every price range with a great selection of top brand names and a value price line too. Visit StratumTire.com to schedule your your service online today. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief, but the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. GEICO presents a voicemail from your friend Bicycle. 
<laughs> hello, it's, it's, it's your bike here. So, about last night, sorry, I kind of just ran off with that bike thief. I just want you to know it's not anything you did. And, and I'm not trying to make excuses here, but I do have wheels. They roll. Anyway, hope you're insured. I'll see your stolen grill says, hey. When your stuff runs off, it doesn't pay you back. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Stress. It can make your heart race, your head pound, and your stomach churn. While a little stress can be a good thing and even help you perform under pressure, too much stress can be bad for your health, causing headaches, stomach pain, trouble sleeping, and even a weakened immune system. In the United States, it's estimated that up to 90% of visits to primary care doctors are due to stress-related health problems. It's hard to avoid stress altogether, but there are steps you can take to manage it. During National Stress Awareness Month in April, visit Optum.com stress for more information about how to prevent stress from getting the better of you, including stress first aid techniques you can do in the moment when you're feeling stressed and stress prevention techniques to help change the way you approach and think about certain situations. To learn more, visit Optum.com stress. That's O-P-T-U-M dot stress. A public service message from this station. Physical fitness and physical activity is a family affair. Exercise as a family and enjoy the many indoor and outdoor venues New Hampshire has to offer you. Whether it's skating, skiing, the gym, or a good hike. A family that stays fit together experiences a healthy lifestyle together. This message is brought to you by NAFERD, New Hampshire Association for Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. Committed professionals working for you and a healthier New Hampshire. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Celtics fell to the Wizards 92-91 in Game 6 at the Verizon Center last night. John Wall hit the game-winning three with roughly five seconds to go to extend the series to a seventh game. Bradley Beal led all scores with 33. Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley each finished with 27. Game 7 is set for Monday night at the Garden. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. The Red Sox also lost to the Rays 5-4 at Fenway last night in the first game of a three-game set. Rick Porcello went six innings, allowing five runs, three of which were earned. He is now 2-5 on the season with a 4-0-1 ERA. Today's game has been moved up to 1:05 p.m. due to expected rain later in the day. It'll be Chris Sale taking on Blake Snell. Shifting gears to the NHL, the Predators and Ducks kicked off the Western Conference Finals last night. James Neal scored the game-winning goal in overtime to give the Predators a 3-2 win in Game 1. The Eastern Conference Finals start tonight with the Senators taking on the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Puck dropping that one is at 7 p.m. And finally, Tom Brady has been named the cover athlete for Madden 18. The Patriots quarterback made the announcement on Instagram yesterday. Those are your Sports Center updates. Be sure to listen live on ESPNNHradio.com as well as the TuneIn app. And as always, you can check us out on Periscope. I'm Ashish Sharma. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues right now. The Sports Blast. I wanted to let you know that I'm going to be on the cover of Madden NFL 18. Now, I've heard there are some of you out there who might be worried about something called the Madden curse. There's no such things as curses. It's a total myth, okay? I feel like you're not really getting it. See? All good. No curse. All good. We got this.
All right, that was Tom Brady yesterday who posted a video on Instagram announcing that he would be gracing the cover of Madden 18. It's being branded the GOAT edition. Very fitting. Uh, but as we all know, there's this little thing called the Madden curse, and my immediate reaction to this news that Tom Brady was going to be on the cover of Madden was, oh, God. No, God! God! Yeah. Pretty much, my yeah. reaction, immediately. Yeah. And uh, because I know the history of the Madden curse. And, it, I mean, look, Rob Gronkowski last year was on the cover of Madden. We all know how his season ended. Mm-hmm. So in my immediate reaction was, oh, no. No, God! <laughs> no, God, please, no! 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 And I think the only person, honestly, that was excited to hear about this was Mark. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm excited about it um, in more ways than one, but I feel like Tom Brady is the GOAT for a reason, and I don't think this is going to have any effect on this guy whatsoever. I really don't. I'm not superstitious, but I'm, I am a little stitious. <laughs> I am, actually. I am, I am actually not, superstitious. Not even a little bit? I'm, I'm really not. You know, I, you I'm don't a little believe in tempting fate just a tiny bit. Those forces of the universe that we may not. Quite I mean, look understand. at what happened. Look at what happened to Gronk last year. I mean, this is the first yeah, time you got Calvin Johnson. You got. Odell I mean, no, no, no. We'll, we'll go through the list. Dave is basically Dave grabbed the list from online, and yeah. we'll basically. Well, it's go not year even the year. Madden curse. I, I wasn't. I wasn't upset with that because I figured, you know what, Brady's gonna be one of those guys that floats past the Madden curse. Absolutely. Oh, but the oh, fact that so? he was you, you, you broke a mirror and then walked under a ladder. Oh, a ladder. Who does that? Yeah. Who does that? Seven he's going to fall luck. and break his leg, leg like next week. Or that, something like that. That's <laughs> just that's asking for it. That's not even fall and break your leg. That's that's like a satellite falls out of orbit and lands directly on Brady's head somehow. That's the kind of luck that he's asking for. <laughs> You're asking for the most unlikely of things to happen. Yeah. Like a jet plane engine's gonna fall into his bedroom, Donnie Darko style, and just <laughs> squish him like a bug. I I hate how cocky he was though in that video to like walk under the ladder and break a mirror because it it kind of just shows like he wanted to break this curse. Like he, he well, wants I mean, there to have, do it. As you said, there have been yeah. guys who have avoided it. <laughs> he just there wants to do it. I mean, half kidding, half not kidding, yeah. right? Like I I just don't want to find out if those things really do bring you bad luck. I, you know, you know, I'm not superstitious, but <laughs> I'm I am a little stitious. Just a, tiny just a little stitious. I got no. Bit. Honestly, when I got the news uh, yesterday morning was when I found out about it. I honestly immediately, you know how people who fought in Vietnam get war flashbacks. I got 2008 Kansas City Chiefs flashbacks yeah. opening day when Bernard Pollard just like went right into Brady's knee. That's what I started thinking of. Is oh my god, that's gonna happen on opening day now. I, like I got, I got, I. That's honestly what popped into my head, yeah. and it's kind of funny because you're not probably the only one. All fans across the league that aren't Patriots fans are probably rejoicing to hear this. The owners, the other 31 owners, were. Probably, my cousin sent me a text. He was like, "The owners are probably so desperate that they begged EA to put Brady on the cover." Although I think it's up to a fan vote. Yeah, but it, it was kind of like yep. he told me it was kind of like probably like Leia in Star Wars. It's like, "Help us, EA, <laughs> your only hope." Calling on the football gods. <laughs> Help us, EA, your Get only hope. Tom Put Brady, Brady on, on the, cover. the cover of Madden. That's how desperate they are. So that he need to may curse breaketh his holy legs. <laughs> do it now. But here's what, here's what we're going to do in this segment. We're basically going to run down the list. As I said, Dave, you went ahead and grabbed every Madden cover athlete. Wow! What was that? The Madden, cur- uh, the Madden music. Okay. Yeah. I-, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know what that was. That yeah. deafened me. For I a like Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
get, in the, get in the zone. Coming yeah. in a little bit hot there. <laughs> Coming just a little hot. Just a little hot. But we're ready. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to run down the list that you pulled of every Madden cover athlete since 1999. And we're going to determine how legit this curse really is. Listeners. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I believe in curses. I believe that the Madden curse is real. And uh, we're going to just go down here and see who has been able. Because there have been guys that have avoided it. Yeah. But for the yeah, most yeah. part, there is a curse. There's, and uh, There's only been a few, really, that have like totally avoided it. So you can look at the season that these players have during their Madden cover season. But if you just extend that for one more year, like like 75% of these guys have been injured like in a career-ending, career-taking, a complete nosedive kind of way. Yeah. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that that could happen to Tom Brady, not just because of the curse, no. but because of the fact that he's 40. Which, by he's the way, is the, is the one reason why I'm just like, hey, at least he waited until now. Yeah. yeah. Like, like if, if, if he gets injured this year and his career is over, it's like, well, you already accomplished everything you possibly yeah, could have Yeah, you got Garoppolo waiting in the wings. Right? So. And he can probably go out and get you the sixth ring anyway with the with the rest of the roster as currently constituted. Yeah. That's insane. It is. Oh, I lost the bed there for a second. Hold on. Oh, Hold on. We got to get back up. There we go. All right, now we're, we're good. We're <laughs> so, back. All right. So I guess let's uh, let's begin here because Madden uh, didn't start with athletes on the cover. It used to just John Madden. It used to just John be Madden. John Madden. Just Great. Like, <laughs> oh, one of his worst announcing years to date. Anne- annexation of Puerto Rico. Absolutely ridiculous uh, that it was just John uh, John Madden on the cover. You know, so marketing himself, yeah. he was pretty good at. You know, well, I mean, so his, his name is John Madden, and the game is named after him. So I still it makes don't know sense. how he pulled that off. Like, why isn't it like every other sporting uh, video game that's just called like NFL twenty seventeen? Why That's is a good that? question, actually. How did Madden pull that off? Uh, he probably bought rights from EA Sports to collaborate. Probably. I, I think they they might have had a collaboration agreement. Well, I mean, he's a recognizable figure in the game. But, yeah, yeah I, I agree with Dave. Why don't they call it, you know, Jordan 18? I, I mean, at this point, like, he's not even an announcer anymore, so I don't That's quite true. get it. Oh, he's fumbling and bumbling. <laughs> <laughs> he probably gets royalties, too, because they're using his name. Well, it's catchy, too. It's yeah, catchy. it's more catchy, Madden I guess, than an NFL goat edition. edition. Yeah. All right, we're wasting time. We are. Um, first Madden cover athlete was Garrison Hurst in 1999. He, who? Uh, Garrison Hurst? Yeah, I had no idea. Who I don't. Was. I don't either. He. Right. Well, anyway, he injured his ankle in the divisional game of that year and did not play again until 2001. Makes sense. Hurst. Yeah. Barry Sanders. He started it. He started it. All right, Barry Sanders and Dorsey Levens were both on the cover in 2000. Uh, Sanders ended up retiring. So, I mean, I guess you could look at that and say, eh, sort of cursed. You know, he didn't get injured, but he never played again. Right. And uh, Levin's actually rushed for 1,034 yards that season. So, not a bad year for a running back. You know, pretty good. So, 2000 seems like the uh, curse was avoided. Eddie George, uh, in 2001, was on the cover. Injured his toe in the following season to being on the cover and was never the same after that. Dante Culpepper in 2002 had an absolutely horrible season his Madden cover year and injured his back in the 11th game of the season. And, of course, he was never the same. And he had a great year. He became became a journeyman. So the curse is really starting to, like, gain steam here. Well, and and I didn't really put up the season prior because 
uh, you're assuming all of these guys had reason, great seasons. There's a reason why. That's why they're on yeah. the cover. But he had Randy Moss on that team, Dante he did, Culpepper. Yeah. So. That right. was when Dante Culpepper was relevant. Yeah. Right. And uh, and then he became relegated <laughs> to being a journeyman. So uh, that was 2002. Marshall Falk, uh, in the year that he was on the cover, injured his ankle, uh, missed five games that season, and never rushed for 1,000 yards again. Yep. Okay? Cursed. Michael Vick was 2004. Yep, I had this one for This PS2. may be the worst curse of all. It was a great match. This may have been the, the year that people were like, geez, you know, <laughs> if you think about it, it seems like all these guys are getting injured when they're on the cover of Madden. But Michael Vick, uh, he injured his right fibula in the preseason. He only played five regular season games. And, of course, two years later, after two unsuccessful seasons, he was arrested for dogfighting. Yep. So, and I think the way he injured it was just based on he got pushed out of bounds weird. Or like, he got tackled out of bounds weird. So, I mean, he wasn't fighting for the extra yardage like he usually does. He actually was going out of bounds. Yeah. Can I just say that Michael Vick in Madden 04, though? Human cheat code. Oh, He was yeah. Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl, basically. Uh, yeah. Incredible. You just run with Michael Vick, and you get an automatic first down every QB point. draw. Yeah. QB draw every single time. Yep. Run to the right. Then you're off to the races. You're done. They didn't get injured, though, in the game. They didn't. No, you know? that was the one problem with that. Back in the day, at least, they didn't do that. Now now someone gets injured, they Bruce update Ribs. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. But back in the day, no, you could keep Michael Vick on your team and cheat code. That's the thing. Whenever I'd have friends over, they, we'd always say, no one can play with the Falcons. Right. It's you not know? fair. No one, and if fair. you do play with the Falcons, you're passing with Michael All right, Vick. Exactly. We got more. 2005, Ray Lewis. Curse free. Wow. Except for that whole, you know, possible murder thing. But uh, that was, Donovan that was McNabb <laughs> in 2006. <laughs> Uh, Donovan McNabb had a sports hernia in 2006. He had season-ending surgery. And, of course, Donovan McNabb, never the same again, really, after that. Yeah. Uh, Sean Alexander. Uh, now, this one's funny to me because there were ESPN reporters who said they had never seen someone's career take such a fall so fast. Even it's Seahawks true. fans today don't know who Sean Alexander is. Sean Alexander fractured his fourth metatarsal in his foot, missed six games, and his career took an absolute nosedive as if Harrison Ford were driving the plane. Yeah. His football career was kind of like Vanilla Ices. Yeah. <laughs> just, just gone a in a flash, flash. Just a flash in the pan. Gone in a flash. That's so <laughs> true. <laughs> stole some copyright from Queen and... Then you're done. I love this next one, by the way. This is like my favorite. Vince Young, 2008. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite because, exactly. When what? was Vince Young actually good? <laughs> Very rarely. Apparently, in 2007, he had a pretty good year. He ends up on the cover in 2008. Oh, but guess what happens? Oh, what Quadriceps happens? strain. Oh, geez. Well, he missed only one game that year, but the following year, because he sucked so bad and because of the nagging injury... He lost the starting job. Yeah, became fat and started eating cheeseburgers. Exactly. Speaking of fat and cheeseburgers, the following year, Brett Favre, 2009. Yep. Now, this was his Jets year. Where Wrangler. He was already bad. Oh, yeah. But they put him on the cover. It was just like, really, Madden? Well, they put him on the cover because he had retired, and then he came back, and then they were like, oh, well, now we have to update the cover and put him in a Jets uniform. So Favre's sort of in question. Uh, I think you could say he didn't necessarily fall under the curse yeah. here it's because he played every game. He yeah. played every game. But he did have a torn bicep uh, the entire time, even though he didn't miss any games and was awful in the final five games of the season. He, terrible. of course, retired again the following year, only to come back and play for Minnesota a year later. Yeah. Uh, so that was 2009. 2010... 
Troy Polamalu and Larry Fitzgerald were on the cover. Due to the, the greatest, one of the greatest Super oh, Bowls. Super Bowl 43 was in incredible. history. Right, right. Uh, so for one of these guys, curse-free, guess who that was? Larry. Larry. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald was curse-free, but not so lucky for Troy Polamalu, who sprained, this was bad, this one was a bad one, sprained MCL in the season opener. He did return to play, but then he sprained his MCL again Ooh. and missed the rest of the season. I can't laugh, but because no, I, that's I serious love Troy. stuff. I love but. I'm not superstitious, but I'm I am a little stitious. It's a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit. Uh, you guys getting a little bit scared yeah. here? He, he might it's have... a high percentage of players getting injured. So far, it's uh, let's see here. We got uh, two guys, three guys, curse free. Yeah. In the first. 11 years of this happening. 13 yes. players. Not a good percentage. Telling you, I'm Two, not three happy guys. about Three out of Brady. ten so far. Ooh. Curse free. Not yeah. happy about Brady being on the cover, man. 30%. 2011. Drew Brees. Now, he did play hurt all year, but he did play all year. They did make the playoffs, the Saints did, and they lost to the 7-9 and nine Seattle Seahawks. That's a trend. So players get hurt in the year, but they keep on playing. Even if they play, because yeah. I consider this one a curse-free, yep. right? So Drew Brees, I say curse-free. However, and Brett Favre, same thing, really played all year, but was uh, but had nagging injuries. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something to that there. Not everyone's getting off scot-free, even if they play every game. Peyton Hillis was the following year. This may be one of the worst as well. well I was great. even on the cover. I love this one. He only played in 10 years. Now, he had one good year. He had one, one good year. One good with year the with the Browns in, the 2000, in 2011. Browns. Now, if you're, if you're the Madden people and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Let's put a Cleveland Brown on the cover. <laughs> yeah. You're already just damning that year's video game. You're aren't cursed, you? too. That's already bad. And then you, you yeah. go and you put Peyton Hillis on it. To boot. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, that's like double jeopardy. I won't say he it's was like a no-name, but he was kind of a flash in the pan, too. Total flash in the pan. He had one good year, 2011. In 2012, the year he was on the cover, he only played in 10 games. Mm -hmm. Missed time with hamstring injuries, strep throat, and a sprained hip. He and he never played like he did in 2011 he's, ever again. Yeah, he's just been sucking. He missed time highly with strep throat. He's just been sticking it, <laughs> sticking it out too much. He was highly no cursed, that guy. What's wrong with you? Uh, the following year, now this is when the trends started to sort of change a little bit. Uh, Calvin Johnson was on the cover in 2013, mm -hmm. curse-free. Yep. Adrian Peterson, 2014, curse-free, except for the whole child abuse indictment thing, and he played one game. So he didn't get injured. He played in one game. He got cursed. Because of child abuse. So I don't know if you can put that on Madden. Or I don't know. Yeah, that, that may be just, one that's not the Madden curse, but I'll tell you, if you're a terrible human being, brought that to light. But if, if you're a terrible human being, that's probably going to get exposed at some point if you continue doing stuff like that. Right. Mm. So I don't know. And let's uh, we can wrap this up because we we've got to get to break within like a minute or so. Uh, after Adrian Peterson was Richard Sherman, curse free. Uh, 2016, Odell Beckham Jr. Curse free. Both had great years. Calvin Johnson, of course, 2013 had a great year. So the curse starting to reverse just a little bit. You ride there. And then 2017, you put a Patriot on the cover. Rob Gronkowski. We all know what happened there. Hamstring issues to start the year. Done for. And then Earl Thomas blew up his chest in week 10. Yep. And he missed the rest of the year with back surgery, including the playoffs. So overall, 13 of the 21 guys fall under the curse. Favre, Breeze, Sherman all played through injuries to some degree. Uh, so at least 16 of the 21 
or sort of cursed. Only Dorsey Levins, Ray Lewis, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, and OBJ. That is five guys, five guys in the now 18 years of this, have gotten off scot-free. Yeah, there's no it's not, a, not a high percentage. There's no one to blame but Garrison Hurst. He started, he started it. it. He started it. Well, I call it the Hurst curse. I like that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Tom Brady, in case you somehow still have not heard, will be gracing the cover of Madden 18. And uh, we're scared, to be completely honest with you. I'm not. <laughs> 603-883-9900. We'll be back. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief, but the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacord. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Bicycle. Uh, <laughs> hello, it's, it's, it's your bike here. So about last night, sorry, I kind of just ran off with that bike thief. I just want you to know it's not anything you did. And, and I'm not trying to make excuses here, but I do have wheels. They roll. Anyway, hope you're insured. All Sears Stolen Grill says, hey... When your stuff runs off, it doesn't pay you back. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. This may sound like a typical high school basketball game being played on a Friday night in New Hampshire. In fact, it's a crash course in cooperation and teamwork. It's a test of dedication, determination, and drive. It's character development in action. If you think high school sports are only about competition think about this. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students who participate in school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. At the same time, playing sports helps teach lessons not covered in the classroom. Lessons like tolerance, respect for the rules, and the importance of supporting your community. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association and the New Hampshire Athletic Directors Association. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels? And that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health, because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. 
The Celtics fell to the Wizards 92-91 in Game 6 at the Verizon Center last night. John Wall hit the game-winning three with roughly five seconds left to extend the series to a seventh game. Bradley Beal led all scorers with 33. Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley each chipped in 27. Game 7 is set for Monday night at the Garden. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. The Red Sox fell to the Rays 5-4 at Fenway last night in the first game of what we hope will be a three-game set. Weather permitting, Rick Porcello went six innings, allowing five runs in three earned. Uh, five runs, three of which were earned. He fell to 2-5 and five on the season with a 4-0-1 ERA. Today's game has been moved up to 1-0-5 p.m. due to inclement weather. It'll be Chris Sale taking on Blake Snell. Shifting gears to the NHL, the Predators and Ducks kicked off the Western Conference Finals last night. James Neal scored the game-winning OT goal to give the Predators a 3-2 win. The Eastern Conference Finals start tonight with the Senators taking on the Penguins in Pittsburgh. Puck drop is at 7 p.m. And finally, Tom Brady has been named the cover athlete for Madden 18. The Patriots quarterback made the announcement on Instagram yesterday. Those are your Sports Center updates. Be sure to listen live on ESPNNHradio.com as well as the TuneIn app. And as always, check us out on Periscope. I'm Ashish Sharma. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues right now. All right, back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. Ashish Sharma, Dave Pard, and Mark Lazell take me up till 2 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, Red Sox baseball will be starting in roughly 20 minutes. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that front. Of course, uh, the game was originally scheduled to be an evening game. They moved it up because there's going to be some showers moving through uh, pretty much all of tonight and into tomorrow, I believe, all day as well. Yep. So I doubt that they'll get the game in tomorrow. But Meteorologist uh, I, Ashish over yep. here. And uh, if you look over here, we see more rain coming in from the west. So <laughs> before uh, we uh, wrap up the hour here, I do want to quickly touch on David Price, who is actually scheduled to make a rehab uh, stint or start rather I should say uh, for Pawtucket tomorrow uh, in which uh, Pete Abraham reported he's expected to go five innings somewhere between 70 and 75 pitches and that game is in Pawtucket right so I mean there's a chance that he won't even make that start considering the weather that we're looking at yeah that place will be packed though uh, just to see like a David Price outing well, that, that's probably going to turn into a Monday start or something. I don't know what Pawtucket's schedule looks like, if they're going to pack up and head on the road or what that's going to be. But I don't know, you know, based on the weather, the weather pattern that we're seeing, if he's even going to get that game in. True. But it's at least encouraging that, hey, he's back, you know, at least on his way back sooner rather than later. I thought he wasn't going to be back until like mid-June. But the way it looks right now, late May, early June, maybe? I, I, yeah, I said June. I didn't say early June. I said I just said sometime in June, and I I still stand by it. I, I know that they want to get him more than you know a couple starts, uh, just so we can get a feel for his pitches. Right. They, they said, up until this point, it's only been simulated games. Yeah, they, they said that he's been looking good in simulation, but I mean it's just hard to judge a, a pitcher off of that. You have to get him live action. So I, I think getting him you know four or five starts in the minors before he comes up is. You know, legitimate. Maybe you know, maybe you shave it to three. Um, you know, based on his performance, but he he is an important piece to the Red Sox moving forward. Just because the way that their rotation has looked so far, um, they definitely need an arm like him back in the rotation. And um, you know, everybody talks about how he's bad in the postseason. 
you know, regular season, this guy steps up. So uh, I think they desperately need him, Sale, and, uh, you know, Porcello to really get going and start hitting on all cylinders because the starting rotation has just been looking pretty no. uh, pretty plain. Outside of Chris Sale, there hasn't been a reliable guy. Actually, I take that back. Eduardo Rodriguez has been flying under the radar. He's actually been fantastic. Yeah, he's Outside good. of Sale and Erod, yeah. this rotation's been pathetic. And I, Porcello's looking like 2015 Rick Porcello. He's just been well, terrible this he's year. he's been up and down. He's given you a couple solid performances. But, you know, but when this you is win the just American him coming back down to earth, When you man. win the American League Cy Young, though. We all knew. I mean, I Fluke. guess. Yeah, we were talking about this last night. Fluke. And you said, you kind of rolled your eyes when I said, oh, I didn't expect him to be this bad. And you were like, well, he, we didn't expect him to be that good last year because it was a fluke. Right. Total and, fluke. And now he's just back down to earth. But, I, you know, I expected maybe in this look, I didn't expect him to be as good as he was last year. I didn't expect him to win 20-plus games this year. I thought Rick yeah. Porcello this year maybe will finish the season 16 wins, 3.5 ERA. He might. He might still do that. There's still plenty of time. Right. I mean, he's, he's, he's giving you a couple right of pretty gritty performances, even though he's given up runs. I think he's kept you in some games. You know, even, even if he's struggled, he's trying to keep you in games. So I still appreciate the grit that he brings to the mound. Yeah. Uh, and when you're talking about Porcello followed by Sale, that one-two punch... There's a lot of uh, a lot of anger on the mound there, sure. and I like that. I sure. still like that, uh, despite you're not getting what you would hope to get out of Rick Porcello. I think that you can look at those two guys and say, you know what, that's a sturdy front end of the rotation. And now, if and I think we would have all agreed, if you can tread some water here while David Price is out, you get Price back in the rotation, you slot him in at the three, and. If you can just get a couple good performances here and there from guys like Eddie Rodriguez or Drew sure. Pomeranz, then you're looking at a pretty good season. Because Ed- Eddie Rodriguez has been your second best starter behind Chris Sale. If Chris Sale wasn't here this yeah. year, Eddie Rodriguez would be your best starter. Oh, the Red Sox so, would be screwed. So when David Price comes back, assuming he turns into you know the David Price that we saw in Tampa, Toronto, Detroit, mm. and even the latter half of last year, as Dave always reminds me when I get on David Price... Dave's always the first one to say, hey. He got better every month. He got better every month. He did. So, yeah, I I cannot dispute that. Um, So if we we get statistical (laughs) fact. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot dispute numbers. I've said. So if if they get that version of David Price back, you're looking pretty good with Chris Sale, David Price, Eduardo Rodriguez continuing to do what he does, and hopefully Rick Porcello Porcello getting better with every start, although so far out of the gate it hasn't really been that way. And prior to the season, I said that I think the, all the weight's got to be on Purcell's shoulders. And the reason why I said that is because, you know, he's coming off a of Cy Young, um, you know, award. Uh, a lot of expectations are extremely high for this guy going into a season without David Price being in that rotation. So it, it had to be Sale and Purcell really stepping it up. And it hasn't been the Purcell. It's been Erod. It's been Erod. Mm-hmm. So... That that's why I, I think that you know Purcell's gonna have to progress back to where he was because I don't think people expected him to come out flat out from the start of the season in Cy Young form. I, I think he's gonna have to get back to it because he's always been like an up and down kind of a guy. If you look at his you know career stats, he's had 17 wins, then he's had 12, then he has you know 15, then he has 18. It goes on and on and on. So he has off years, he has good years. He's a little inconsistent. Yes, he won the Cy Young Award last year, so you kind of have to keep it even keel with this guy just because we've seen the low and we've seen the high. And now we're seeing the low that mm. is trying to get to the high. Sort of in the so middle, right? Middle, middle. Yeah, I'd say he's uh, in the yeah. middle. He's in I the mean, middle we've, seen, we've seen him lower. Like 2015 Porcello was 
pretty bad. The one yeah. thing that is still the same with him from last year, though, is how he takes to the hill. And I'm telling you, there's an attitude up there, and I like that. Com- yeah, but you're, yeah, but year one. Is, attitude doesn't fluctuate, though. But look, year one, you could say this guy was soft, a little timid on the mound, really didn't intimidate anybody. I think there's still a little bit of that. I think it's more his stuff. I think it's the control, which is fixable. You know, so I look at Porcello and I think to myself, okay, well, like bad start, rough start to the season. He's still grinding out some games. He's struggling. But I think that it's in him to have good enough stuff to keep the ball down low. That's really the only key for a sinker ball pitcher. And it was key for him in, uh, in his Cy Young year. You just got to keep the ball low. You got to keep it away from hitters. And, and hopefully they're driving the ball into the ground. He's still a contact pitcher. So that's sort of the give and take. Uh, it, you don't expect a guy like him to even win a Cy Young Award where he's a contact guy. So now we are, have like un- unrealistic expectations because he won. Yes, it. absolutely. We said that it, when he won. Yeah, they're over. You, you can't expect a duplicate of the season. We right. said it right when he won the Cy Young Award. But you can expect him to be solid for you, which sure. he hasn't been so far. Well, it's still a long year. I think you're going to see that it, he'll step up. I think he's going to have his days where he's going to look like Rick Porcello from last year, and then he's going to have his days where it's, it's just not going to be there. And the one thing that I do appreciate that you just said in terms of him grinding out starts is even when he doesn't have his best stuff, which has been the case so far this year, is that he'll go seven innings, but, you know, rather I should, have, I should say he'll give up five runs, but he'll still give you seven innings or something like that. Right. Whereas right. guys like Drew Pomerantz will give, give up like five or six runs and then just give you like four, four, five, four yeah, and a right. third. And Chris like Sale that. has just been an absolute ace. No, he's been a beast. Oh, he's, he's been, been un- insanely good. And then I just want to quickly mention, because this is a guy we gave a lot of flack last year, Craig Kimbrell. Oh, everyone. he has been the best closer Dominant. in the game this year. What a revelation oh. he's been this year. I, I apologize for every negative thing I said about him last year. He's, he's been He's un- been unreal. And, and look, it's not as if the, negativ- the, the negativity wasn't warranted last year. This is a guy that you, you kind of looked at as he's going to go up on the hill, he's going to fire it as fast as he can, and it's going to be wild. Yeah. You know, he's not picking spots. He's just humming the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, a semi-climax to the season. I know it's early, but I, I think when David Price comes back, the offense has to really start hitting. And we haven't seen the consistency in production that we expect nope. out of this team. But I feel like once they get confidence with David Price in the rotation, then they'll feel like, all right, now we got to really start bringing it. We got... Really good three guys in the rotation that we can most certainly put our backs against. So we got to start playing real strong baseball. Wrapping up hour number two here on the Sports Blast. ESP New Hampshire, don't go anywhere. Shaw shot from the point. 1-1 after one. Shots for 15-6 for the Predators. They were dominating in early second period. They took the lead. Now here's Subban back in his own end. 4-0 the shots here in the second period in favor of the Predators and looking for more here. Eckholm over the line right side. Johansson in the right wing circle goes back door and the shot. Score! From the left wing side, Watson fires it in from the boards. And Austin Watson with his first goal of these playoffs has given Nashville the lead. We only had five in the regular season. Nashville had the lead and... Pecorine has been the big story for the Predators in this postseason. Came into tonight's game with a 1.37 goals against, and he was responsible for our Barbasol close shave save of the game. 
Ryan gets left with eight goals already in the postseason, the most in one playoff year for him. Raquel in the slot, redirected on that side. Rebound gets left, was robbed by Rene. Did you know there are medical grants available for families struggling with child health-related expenses? The United Healthcare Children's Foundation is currently seeking grant applications from families in need of financial assistance to help pay for their child's health care treatments, services, or equipment not covered or not fully covered by their commercial health insurance plan. Grants are often used to pay for medical services and equipment such as physical, occupational, and speech therapy, counseling services, surgeries, prescriptions, wheelchairs, orthotics, eyeglasses, and hearing aids. Parents and legal guardians may apply for grants up to $5,000 at www.uhccf.org. That's www.uhccf.org. To be eligible for grants, children must be 16 years of age or younger. Families must meet economic guidelines, reside in the United States, and have a commercial health insurance plan. Families do not need to have insurance through United Healthcare to be eligible. Last year, the United Healthcare Children's Foundation awarded medical grants to more than 2,000 children. This has been a public service message from the United Healthcare Children's Foundation. Of course I want our kids to eat fresh, healthy foods all the time. But we don't have a supermarket nearby, so it's a challenge. I wish we were closer to good health care because of our son's asthma. Frankly, it's scary at times. I'd love for our family to live in a nice house near a great school, but... But none of these resources exist in our neighborhood. Many variables can shape the outcome of children's lives, like the zip code where they grow up. That's because not all communities have the same opportunities, such as quality schools and housing, fresh food, and good health care. There are many ways to improve communities, so everyone has a fair chance, regardless of zip code. You can make a difference. Join with HUD and local leaders to improve your community. Learn how at HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Fair housing, shared opportunity in every community. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Psst. Yeah, you. It's me, your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious. And yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. This is New Hampshire's home for sports on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM. Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. This is not just ESPN. This is 1250 ESPN, New Hampshire. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. GEICO presents a voicemail from your friend Bicycle. 
<laughs> Hello, it's, it's, it's your bike here. So, about last night, sorry, I kind of just ran off with that bike thief. I just want you to know it's not anything you did. And, and I'm not trying to make excuses here, but I do have wheels. They roll. Anyway, hope you're insured. All Sears Stolen Grill says, hey. When your stuff runs off, it doesn't pay you back. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. When I was little, we could talk, talk about, about anything. anything. I still want you to talk to me. When I was little, you gave me hugs. hugs. I still could use a hug once in a while. You're, You're my, my parent, parent, and I'll, I'll always, always need, need you. you. No matter their age, your children never stop counting on you. Visit parenting.org for helpful resources or call the Boystown National Hotline at 800-448-3000 for free parenting advice. Dear John, uncontrolled high blood pressure is serious and I can quit whenever I want. But when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. For help getting your high blood pressure to a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Doe, Doe, give me a doc story. Man, which Rondo oh. doc story do y'all want to see? Right, which one you want me to tell you about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, 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 Rondo, hey. Rondo, don't let them come between us anymore. No, no, not again. Rondo, Rondo threw a bottle of water at me once. <laughs> it wasn't at me, though, Rondo. Necessar no, it wasn't at you, was it? Hey. That was the, uh, no, it wasn't at me anymore. Right, yeah, right. but you could have got they, 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 uh, they might got the, they might lead the league in player coach square up. We had to go in the back locker room like, dang, hey, hey, Rondo, for real, dog. Doc was about to put the hands, hands, hands on you. <laughs> 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 That's a good times, though, man. I know. That's funny. We can laugh about all that stuff now, though. The Sports Blast, kicking off your Saturday with intelligent conversation about sports. Oberholzer. 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 Sounds like a 1970s station wagon that you like, take down to the creek to make out with your girlfriend. Yeah. Sounds like a wrestling name. Sir, is Old it, yeah. Undertaker taking on Oberholzer. Oberholzer. In a cage match. <laughs> Oberholzer. Mostly intelligent. Third and final hour here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. At the beginning there, you heard a little bit of uh, the 2008 Celtics reunion on Area 21 on TNT with Kevin Garnett earlier this week. Yeah. And uh, it was very interesting to listen to. Uh, Doc Rivers also joining them. Which, by the way, Mark, uh, when Doc came on, oh, it's did, you notice, did you notice that Glenn Davis kind of slouched a little bit? Yeah. Because remember a couple weeks ago, or not a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, rather, he was on, he was on uh, I thought it was just Chris Broussard's podcast. Oh, he was. It was Chris oh, okay. Broussard's Chris podcast, okay. and he said, "Doc, lucky as hell. Yeah, lucky as hell." And then when Doc Rivers showed up yeah, on the thing, he was oh, just like, "Oh crap!" He cowered a little bit. He's yeah, just but like, I think he's a little butt hurt because of because um, when he played for the Clippers, he didn't really get a lot of PT um, from Doc. So I think he was kind of still sour about that. That usually happens. I mean, a player doesn't like the coach because of his decision making. And, um, you know, Big Baby's not a profound guy. You know, he's very quiet. He's silly. But he's kind of, like, stupid silly in, in a way. But when he played for Orlando Magic, you know, it wasn't like, you know, something really, you know, stuck out. It, it was just 
him just playing in Orlando with Stan Van Gundy. It was just, it was just ugly to to, to watch him play in a Orlando uniform, at, uh, the Clippers uniform, and, and stuff of that nature. So, oh uh, yeah, oh the bed's still going. Ah, there we go. I think it's dying off. That was weird. The bed just didn't die. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Just anyway, going. We just realized as we were talking, the music was still going. That was weird. No, it's all right. Uh, so, no, no, no. Just going back to uh, this thing with Area 21. It was uh, cool to see everybody. It was. It was nice to see everyone there. Obviously, one very notable uh, <laughs> uh, absence was Ray Allen. Yep. Uh, the funny thing is, like, I don't know if they said this, but I was thinking it. It's like, uh, didn't you say that one of them was like, oh, yeah, there's a notable absence here. You know, Scott Pollard and Brian Scalabrini, two guys that couldn't make it. No, no, no. Per- Perk was like, uh, it was when Doc came in. Perk said, yeah, Doc, we were going to invite uh, Scala and Scott Pollard, but, you know, they're too busy right now. I still find it funny, though, that Scott Pollard found out about this 2008 Celtics championship reunion vacation thing that they're all doing that Rondo's organizing. Yeah. And Scott Pollard finds out about it on Twitter, and he's like, yeah, thanks for the invite. He's like, not invited. Sure, of course. Forget the one, you know, white guy on the team. Oh, yeah. actually, Scal was on the team, too. Yeah, Scal was on the <laughs> it's team. It's like everyone else is going, and it's like Scott Pollard's like, yeah, hey, what about me? Scal yeah. doesn't get invited to that <laughs> party. Yeah, he doesn't. But P.J. Brown, Leon Poe, I don't, I don't PJ, think they I, I, No, Rondo said he was going to track down P.J. Brown. Yeah. Obviously, that guy, they had to, really? like, get out of retirement. So. <laughs> nursing home? <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go find out what nursing home P.J. Brown's in. But, no, I thought that was a very kind of eye-opening uh, thing. Obviously, they had a lot of fun. They joked around. Around when Doc Rivers came on, uh, Rondo also talked about how he threw a water bottle at uh, Doc and stuff yep. like that. But the one part that uh, I think we have the sound for is mm-hmm. when they talked about why Ray Allen wasn't there. Yeah. And uh, we'll play that and listen to it. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's asking us, where's Ray? You know, uh, people don't understand that this is real life for us. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the situation with Ray is very sensitive. Um, uh-huh. You know? And I think that when we all talked about doing this reunion tour, we was talking about, you know, guys to reconsider loyal and part of this group. <clears throat> Just being honest, my two cents, man, when Ray decided to go to the Heat, I feel like he moved on. And he went to pursue another ring, and he got another ring. Shout to him. And that's it. You know, it wasn't no other Wizards. It wasn't no other Spurs. It wasn't no other Heat. It wasn't nobody. It was all Celtics invited to this. If anybody got anything, just try I'm gonna just say this, love. Go ahead, bro. I was initially hurt by the whole way everything went down. Like, I don't have no beef with right. none of my teammates or nothing. I was just hurt on how it went down, how, you know, we all came together. We talked about it. We talked every day. We right. hung out all the time. And then <coughs> when it was time for, like, free agency and to each his own. Right. Free agency. If Perk wanted to go somewhere, if Rondo, you. That's a decision. That's cool. But I thought we formed a brotherhood here Absolutely. in Boston. Yeah, so it's kind of eye-opening that, that, you know, this is the first time that I've heard them really speak on the record. We yeah. all knew how they felt. We knew Rondo and Ray Allen. I mean, Rondo didn't say anything there. No. We no. knew those two <laughs> didn't like each other even when, even when they played together. They didn't see eye to eye. But, you know, the fact that Ray Allen just up and left, not just left, but left for the competition. He basically Wes Welkered them. Yeah, he left for the ring. He left for the, you know, for the ring. Yep. And he actually ended up getting it. Well, yeah. we're obviously going to the Broncos and not getting it. But so, same a little type bit of more si- on that if you guys want to hear uh, from Kendrick Perkins as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just feel like with that situation, I just feel like it ain't what Ray did. It's how he did it. Right. And okay. uh, I feel like that's what caused the problem. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, we all grown. Right. We're brothers, but... We actually, it's not that we thought we formed a family. We did form a family. Absolutely. I mean, we we, we all in shed tears together. 
Right. Talked about some of the deepest things. I'm talking about outside of basketball that the world don't know about. Right. I mean, and you know, if you felt like you wanted to go that way and do it, I just think he could have handled it a different way. Just a lack of communication, man, or however it was, you know. But at the end of the day, I feel like time heals all wounds. Right, and, right. Okay. And at the end of the day, man, you know, you never know, man. Sometimes all it takes is for you to actually see your brother on the pass That's by. Right. You or never somebody know. To reach out. That's it. That's, That's it. That's the only no. thing that ain't happening. Who go break the ice? You know what I mean? Right. And exactly. at this point in time, I don't think it's it's on nobody on here to break the ice. I actually think it's on Ray to break. Yeah. So I I think Perk hit the nail on the head. I, I I agree. I don't think it's the fact that he left. I think it's the way he left. He didn't say bye to anybody. He just really you know packed up his stuff and left. I think Paul Pierce said it right too. Um, it's like breaking up with your girlfriend, and you know they just leave a note on the the table there, and d- don't let you know right, why. Like, they, at least why they leave. And tell me why exactly, and, and it's a poor move on Ray Allen's part because they did build this brotherhood, and you know R- Rondo was you know the outlier in the group, of course, because they didn't see eye to eye. But you know KG Garnett, they had a really good uh, continuity, chemistry on the court, great morale. You know, they were a veteran presence that the Celtics really needed to win a championship, and they did. But I, I, just, I just didn't like the way that, you know, Rayon, the Celtics put an offer on the table. I think it was three years for $18 million, and then the Heat give him two-year with a one-player option, and I think it was $12 million total. So it was the same amount of money. That's how you know he wanted to just go win that ring. Yeah, and I mean, you can't really salt the guy for wanting to go win another championship that's that's always a knock on players when we talk about athletes pro athletes that don't have that sort of drive and determination to go out and win yeah Ray Allen wanted to win but you do have to go about it the right way especially when you are in a locker room you know you build camaraderie with those guys and you sort of forget I think in the moment or at least a guy like Ray Allen who I don't think is a people person whatsoever and we're starting to learn that a little bit now, hearing uh, these former Celtics talk about him. You know, you got to think about your life after basketball's over, too. Your career's coming to an end. Who are you going to be friends with uh, when it's all said and done, you know? Right. And you did. You won games with these guys. You won a championship together. They seem to think that they formed a brotherhood there, but apparently it didn't include Ray Allen. Right. And, it and, was... and it's kind of difficult to not hear from Ray Allen on this, yeah. his side of the story. Because there's always two sides well, he, to every coin. He kind of commented on it without saying anything. He posted something on Facebook. It, it uh, got hacked. No, he said he got hacked. He got yeah. hacked, yeah, sure. I don't know. You, was, you can only play that card so many times, Jimmy Garoppolo. It yeah. was uh, a picture of him bodying up Rondo when he was a member, when Ray Allen was a member of the Heat. Right. And I can't remember what the post said in terms of the text, but I just remember he posted something like that. You know, and, and that was kind of his response. Too. Yeah, I, I forget the lettering on it, but I, I think the, the Celtics' core would have been sour regardless. Um, but I think this just makes it worse just because they didn't notify him. I mean, uh, he didn't notify them that he was leaving. You know, I, I felt like this, the Celtics think that they would have had another championship or two under that belt if Ray didn't leave. They were all still uh, in a heated rivalry with that team, with the Heat. Right. You know, so... And again, it's you can't blame a guy for uh, for doing that. Perk, you can't blame Perk a guy said for it right. exactly. Perk said uh, it right. Perk did say it right. You know, it, you want to go down there and do it. Let's just listen to Perk one more time. Yeah. The very beginning of his statement because he really does hit it on the well, head. I, I just feel like with that situation, I just feel like 
it ain't what Ray did, it's how he did it. Right, right there. there. Yep. It's not what he did, mm-hmm. it's how he did it. And you know what? There are people like that that you're going to encounter in all walks of life. Where it's just like, I understand why you're doing what you're doing, but you could have done it in a way that didn't make you look like a total a-hole. Uh, I'll, yeah. give, I'll give you an example. The LeBron James thing. Uh, exactly. If LeBron just said, I'm going to the Miami Heat. Without the decision. Instead of doing the decision part of it, nobody would ever have any, like, you know, Bad I mean, people would have st- people would have still been pissed. I mean, I don't yeah, think it would have but... been completely different. I think people would still. But the thing is, people mock the decision, right? And and, pe- and the players for the Celtics mock Ray Allen because of it, because the way he went about doing it. I mean, if I'm gonna you know leave somewhere and, and not tell anybody, it's like you know what what right am I doing? Like I I've you know been a part of the family, been part of a, a friendship. Why just leave with, without telling somebody? You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And that's why there was a disconnect, I believe, with Ray Allen and the big three, you know, with, with Rondo being a part of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Doc Rivers, you know, w- wasn't a part of, um, you know, Ray Allen's uh, cycle because Doc Rivers wanted to play Avery Bradley over Ray Allen because of uh, Avery Bradley's defense yeah. ability. And, and you know what? Uh, the LeBron comparison is good, but it wasn't even – like how LeBron did. LeBron was sort of in everyone's face about it. You know, he was very confident going down to Miami. Knew what he wanted to do. Knew he wanted to win a championship. Uh, obviously, leaving a place in Cleveland where it's his hometown, it was almost like he was leaving everyone behind. Right. But he told everyone what he was doing. Ray was sneaky about it. You know? It. And then he went down there and he was very confident about it. Ray was very sneaky about it, very underhanded about it. Yeah. Didn't call any of these guys to tell him what he was doing. Which, again, you don't have to. But it helps. So that's the one thing that I see as as a difference between uh, what Allen did and what a guy like LeBron did. You not know? two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. No, too I, cocky. I, too I, cocky, LeBron. And I think just going back to his reasons for leaving, it wasn't just that there was a rift between himself and Rondo and the lack of playing time with Avery Bradley coming into the picture. I think it was the fact that back-to-back years, there were rumors surrounding the Celtics trying to move him. Trading. And I think that was pissing him off. Yeah. I think he was like, you know, are you guys committing to me or what's going on here? And I think at some point he was like, you know what, I'll make the first move. Yeah. I'll just leave. You know, it's a business, and uh, I feel like in the NBA, people get butthurt about it more than any other league. Right. Yeah. I-, I feel like everybody in every other league sort of understands. And when it, yeah, there's always hard feelings. You know, when you're getting shopped by a team, you know, they don't want you. You know, or to some degree, they put a certain value on you, and, and they say, we don't want you for more than that. Well, you know, so it's it's never easy, but you do understand it's a business. Ray Allen clearly understands it's a business, because he didn't do anything personal uh, on the way out the door. No, right. he didn't, that's he, one thing I've never understood, is fans are like, oh, there's no loyalty, how could he leave? It's like... Dude, if they traded Ray Allen and got someone better, you would have been on board with that. Exactly. It's a it's two-way a street. It's, it's a, a if, if the front office can ship a guy out and you accept that and you like it, then you should be willing to accept that a guy can leave via free agency because it's the same for him. He's trying to do what's in his best interest, just like the team is uh, trying to do what's in their best interest. But what created the rift was, again, as you said, Dave, the fact that he left without telling anyone. Yeah. Right. That's what Perk said. It's like if he had left and he had told us ahead of time, hey, listen, this 
is what I have in mind, it would have been completely different. It was almost like we just got stabbed in the back and he just left without saying anything. Yeah, also in Area 21 segment, they were talking about, it was uh, Kevin Garnett and Kate, uh, Paul Pierce and, and Big Baby, they were talking about how they went to different teams. And when they went over to different teams, it wasn't the same atmosphere. It wasn't the same winning you know, environment. And, you know, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce said, I hated going to Brooklyn because, you know, it it just wasn't the same basketball. Like, they didn't have the same passion as you do when you're a Celtic. And that is so true. But I think they were just kind of, you know, a little angry and had a little animosity behind it because of Ray Allen not getting traded. So, you know, the big two got traded, but Ray Allen didn't get traded. And Ray Allen got a ring. So I think there's a little bit of jealousy on the part of Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce because they didn't win a ring with Ray Allen. Ray Allen won a ring with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. You can't handle the truth! Yeah, I think, uh, again, nice to hear from these guys. It's cool, you know, seeing the whole reunion. Yeah. But you didn't hear from Ray Allen on this. There's a different side to this story that we don't know because we haven't heard from Ray Allen. And, And, yeah, they can talk about him here. In a way, isn't it a little? Does anyone feel a little odd about it that they're bit. that they're talking it's about him? It's a little him? bitchy, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it a little behind the guy's back? I, and yeah. I know he kind of went behind your back, but I mean, the two wrongs really make a right there. I, it, they're now airing dirty laundry without giving Ray Allen the opportunity to stand there and respond. They, they so I felt a little, a little odd, odd, odd about it. But they they, they seemed a little. Yeah, Mark, you were telling me that they all seemed like they were high. They seemed like Rondo I mean, was just chilling there with the basketball. Glenn Davis didn't say anything chair. until they, they started talking about a hot dog eating. Yeah, contest. he was talking about Jack food. Edwards said we are high. <laughs> I, I I mean, Paul Pierce was wearing sunglasses. Could have been. And, and, Who knows? And Kevin Garnett I, is they, always they were, like, they, look, they gonna, looked like they were big. I'm not going to judge anybody for smoking a reefer. You know, it's just it is what it is. But. The truth comes out when you when you have that kind of mentality though. When you're yeah. when you're light and you're loose. Yeah. So, you're right about that. So that that's why I think they did. And I And they were around people that they absolutely felt comfortable talking with. Right. You know? So I think it did sort of just uh present itself in, in that sort of natural flow of the conversation. Definitely. But but, Dave, but at no point did anyone say, you know, we shouldn't even be talking about this. Ray's not here. No, but at the same time, I don't think Ray's going to come out and say anything. He might not. But I, it's I, not I, I mean, would that make it any better that they came out and aired their dirty laundry uh, for everyone to see I without like giving Ray the ability to, uh, you know, tell his side of the story? Yeah. I, it's a little I, I, bit. It's a little... It's a little bit odd. But what about how Ray, Ray handled the situation? I think it's, it's just, bad, too. I think it's payback. It's bad, too. You, it's payback. you know, you can be above that, though, and, and not talk about him behind his back at the Kevin same time. Kevin Garnett's not about that. I wouldn't expect any of he, them to do that, he's honestly. He's cocky. And, and look, it makes for great, great story, great sound. Yeah. Uh, I, I like hearing from these guys. But there is some uh, bad blood there. Yeah. There is. Of course, we saw it when Ray Allen came back to the Garden or, or faced off with the Celtics for the first time after joining the Heat. He went over to the Celtics bench, and he went over to give Kevin Garnett a fist bump. And some guys reacted warmly to him, and KG uh, didn't even look at him, right? You guys nah. remember that? He just kind of yeah. looked at the ground it's and he just completely you, ignored him. <laughs> you got to appreciate that they are who they are. Yeah. You know? I think there's a little rift between Doc Rivers and Rondo still, though. I, oh, there's I, a I little felt, bit, you I know, when he was it. just like talking I'm surprised about... that Rondo's even, you know, a, a part, part of, of this that. discussion. Yeah, I know. You know, because what a dink he was. Yeah. He's got to be one of the leaders, though, of the group. <laughs> like, he's like the silent assassin or something. Maybe. He always comes out. He also didn't say much. Funny comments. KG was, like, egging him on, and Rondo didn't really react. Right, and he was out of it. And 
He's baby, out of it. baby didn't say anything, and the funniest thing was when Doc just showed up on the screen. Yeah. Glenn Davis said later, I think he went on Skip and Shannon's show. He was like, "I didn't know that was going to happen," mm-hmm. and he just kind of slouched. He was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, oh, oh, god!" All right, oh, we are way over. We've got five questions with Mark Lazell coming up next. The Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. Hi, everyone. I'm meteorologist Mark Rosenthal, and my weather forecast today is being brought to you by Stratum Tire. Spring has finally arrived, so now's the time to come on.